Hello, friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 351 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I am helping you manage your expectations as a new, or maybe even a little bit past that, online business owner. I'm getting super logistical, super tactical in this episode and sharing numbers, conversion rates, opening rates, show up rates, and just how long this thing is gonna take. All this and more, but first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, friends. Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Coming off of two absolutely incredible days running what Jill Fit and I call Legacy Live. So, for those of you who don't know, Jill and I run a six month group coaching program for intermediate to advanced online business owners, female business owners. And we just had our first in person event. We were only able to have, we were only able to have one event, one live event or in person event last year because of the Rona. This year we switched it. We had two and we've just had our first one and it was fucking incredible. Just if you are a female intermediate to borderline advanced online business owner and you are looking for group coaching, you are looking to level things up, you are looking for strategy, you're looking for scaling, you're looking for help really connecting with your audience, this is the program for you. And I'm, I'm like, you know, really talking it up right now. There are no, there's no registration open right now. There's no applications being accepted. And actually we will not run it again or, you know, launch it again until October of this year. But I, I am so excited about it. And it went so well that I had to talk about it to start off the episode because what we're going to be talking about in this episode actually was prompted by one of the questions I received or we received during the event. So if you're listening and you're like, yo, I want to be part of Legacy 3.0, just keep listening and keep your ears peeled for October. You'll know when we launch it. Jill and I don't do anything small. You know this. We'll do our annual um what is it, our annual uh, Vegas trip, and we launched it from there. But during the event this past week, uh, past weekend, one of the questions that I ask just all the time, when I'm, anytime I'm doing any kind of coaching, uh, or you know, even when I was a PT, I would ask, what would make our time together a success, right? What is one thing that would make our time together a success? And this past weekend, something that came up quite a bit was expectation management. So we talked about that a bunch there. And I thought that it might be helpful to make an episode about this, especially for anyone that's entering the online space, just to perhaps, you know, set you up a little bit for success because you ideally, if you listen to this podcast, you have expectations of effort, not outcome, 
as per one of my favorite quotes from my girl Meredith Root. But I know we still like numbers and having like a rough idea, kind of a little game plan. And that in mind, I I said to myself, why don't I make an episode and provide some of this information? So right off the bat, the first thing I want to talk about in terms of expectation management is how long is this going to take? And that's the kind of like genuine, general, genuine, the general this. How long is it going to take for me to start feeling some traction, maybe getting some sales? And realistically, it takes as long as it takes. But on average, what I've seen is a minimum of 18 months of concerted effort, consistent effort where you're showing up, you're doing the thing. And, you know, the way that I approach online business is largely through using Instagram or social media as that initial platform where that's where the eyes are. And you look to talk about your stuff. You look to provide value there. You look to build trust, build community, and then you can listen to them and provide a service in exchange for money, aka that have that transaction and start making sales. But when people ask, how long is this going to take? Give it a minimum of 18 months. Another quote that I have heard that I heard on Instagram that I have shared with you many times, if you gauge your progress in terms of 18-month spans, you'll never be disappointed. And that's just progress for anything, whether it's playing volleyball, strength training, online business, anything like that. And so this isn't to say that you are going to become a millionaire or have what what are the six-figure launches or $10,000 months within 18 months. No. This is that you will start to feel some traction and you're going to say, okay, this effort that I've been putting in, I see it paying off. If me saying that to you has you like, oh, hell no, that is too long, then online business is not for you. Anything that requires trust from another human being is not for you because this shit takes time because we are in the business of trust. We are providing solutions to other humans and those humans are choosing us because they trust us. It takes time to build that trust. And largely with that 18 months, that is the time it takes you to start to trust yourself. That is the time it takes for you to start to discover what you really want to say and be really convicted in your messaging. So 18 months minimum of showing up in the online space, doing the thing before you start to feel some some traction. And actually, Courtney, if you could link the niching down episode, that would be awesome. And I say this, and I ask her to link this because if you are spending those, or if you have spent those 18 months going in all different directions, then you haven't spent 18 months with a concerted effort that, you know, you've been jumping to this, you've been jumping to this, and you cannot build trust if you are jumping around. Hence why I believe it is so important, especially right now, in this very noisy online space that people get specific about the problem that they solve and who they are solving it for. That may change as you go forward, right? You just get started. And if you're like, that does not fit well, Ah, I don't know, I don't really like that. And you change directions and then, you know, you feel that out. I am all for that experimentation there and that experimenting, but the clock resets each time. Okay, so if you're like, I I started in this direction, I started for this demographic, solving this problem, realized it wasn't really for me, decided to kind of turn and take this little bit of of a, not even a detour, but go in this direction. I want you to start that clock again at, at zero months. That may be frustrating to you, but 
understand your audience needs to view you as the expert in this thing. They need to know that you are committed to this thing. If you're jumping around, they don't believe that. They don't know that. They may not even have any idea what you're actually talking about. So keep that in mind. 18 months, realistically, it's more like 24, but 18 months does seem to be a, a, a nice number uh, in general. Maybe a little bit more towards the earlier side of things, but we will start off with that as 18 months of concerted effort going in a singular direction, really committed to your messaging, committed to the solution that you're that you're solving, the solution that you're providing, the problem that you're solving, and the people demographic who you're solving it for. So if you want some help with the with niching down, uh, Courtney has linked that episode for you. Actually, got a lot of good feedback on that episode. So thank you to everyone who reached out and were like. I listened to that. So that was awesome. I, I had a really fun time making that. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Next thing I want to talk about is conversion rates. So if you've been going for 18 months and you're finally launching something, you're selling something, you've created a product, you've created an offer, you can go in and you could have the best of intentions and be like, I want a $10,000 launch. I want, you know, 100 people in this. I want 50 people in this. You could do simple math, which is what I see a lot of people kind of falling victim to, where they're like, well, if I sell 100 units and each one sells for 50 bucks, that's whatever, how much money that is, $5,000. And yeah, that's awesome. But they don't stop to think, well, 100 is like actually a lot. And where am I getting these people from? Do people actually want this thing that I have or am I just really excited about it? So when it comes to conversion rates, if you have an audience and you have brought them in and they are demonstrating some kind of interest and you go to sell this thing, typically what we're seeing in the industry is a conversion rate of less than 5%. It's gone down, I think, because more people are selling stuff. I don't really know. But for a while, it was less than 10%. It was closer to 8%. Now it's pretty much less than 5%. And we're looking at kind of 2 to 3%. And this is for those people that are kind of following that model of I'm going to launch something for free, a challenge or something like that. And then from there, I'm going to sell people into this other thing. I'm going to do a webinar. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to get people into this thing. Which means if you get 100 people at that webinar, you get 100 people that are interested you're going to expect less than five of them to buy. That number, I know, me saying that right now, you maybe just crashed your car. I hope you didn't. But it's my guess that that number has you saying like, what the fuck? No way. But yes, absolutely. Especially if it's the first time you're selling something, if it's a very new audience, if you haven't done your homework, yeah, what we're looking at is less than 5%. Especially, let's talk about, so you know, my whole shtick is organic traffic, meaning you have gone on social media and you're just putting yourself out there, you know, providing value, getting shared, getting likes, and growing a following. That's organic. As soon as you start paying for it, there's nothing wrong with having paid traffic. Please understand that. Nothing wrong. You know I love me some Claire Pelletreau. Courtney, if you could link both of her episodes, that would be, right? I think I have two with her, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I do. If you could link those, that would be amazing. But if you are bringing in an audience from paid traffic, right, you have an ad running or you're promoting, you're not using the boost button. Don't use that thing. Uh, mainly don't use that because you can't control who it goes to. And everyone that I've spoken to that is in the ads world, they say that you're basically just giving Instagram 
or Facebook your money. Now, I guess the argument could be made that those people maybe are being like, hey, you should give me your money instead, but I trust them. And uh, I would advise against boosting posts. Uh, Andy, he was actually just at uh, Legacy. He does all the ads and stuff for Jill. He actually likened the boost button to going to Vegas, where maybe you win, maybe you don't. It just kind of you know, give your money to Facebook and see what happens. And you can't like really recreate it, replicate it, know what did work, what didn't work. So there's always, you know, we don't want that. If we're going to be spending money, we don't want that. We want a, a specific strategy. So if you are using paid traffic and you're getting eyes, you're getting people onto an email list, you're getting people, you know, into your ecosystem, that will definitely convert at that lower rate, like two to 3%. So you get a hundred new leads from paid traffic, two to three sales out of that typically is max. And I know that that's frustrating to hear. But again, if you back it up, that's because we're in the business of trust. So on the one hand, maybe it's frustrating to hear, but it should also be comforting because we can work on trust. We can help build trust. We just got to give it enough time. And we're circling back right there to that 18-month time frame. So as it relates to conversions, we're looking at less than 5% typically in a kind of 2 to 3% range when we have people coming in, especially from cold traffic, when we have people coming in on wait, uh, not wait list, excuse me, people coming in from lead magnets, things like that, and then you're going to upsell into something else. As it relates to wait lists, that conversion can be higher if you have done your homework and you've kept that list warm and you've nurtured them and you've provided them with all the information about the offer. So they're not just on the list kind of waiting for information. They know what's going on. They know what they're on there for. They want this thing. You can absolutely see those, those rates go up. I personally have about a 35% conversion rate for my Instagram intensive wait list. Now, I tell you this number because I want you to understand it is never a 100%. Like you may have just have heard that and been like, wait, what? Yes, people will join the wait list and then shit happens. They just joined it to join it. They thought, you know, in the moment they were really hype about it and then time comes around and life has happened and it's no longer a good fit. Whatever, right? We're, we're humans. We're, we're dynamic beings. So my list will absolutely not convert at 100%, but 35 is actually really fucking high, and I'm really, really proud about that. But that means that if I get 100, 100 people onto that wait list, how many people can I roughly expect to actually sign up? About 35. So if I want 70 people uh, you know, to actually sign up for the intensive, then I know I have to get more people on that wait list. I have to do all the other things and maybe some new things in order to bump up that number. And then we can, you know, go from there. But I got to keep in mind, if I'm doing new things to get people onto that wait list, that changes one of the variables of the experiment. And so I cannot expect it for sure to convert at 35% because perhaps Something that I did to get them on there maybe, you know, didn't build as much trust or wasn't the same. And so those people maybe aren't as warm. They aren't as as committed. We don't know until you run this thing multiple times. So when it comes to offers, I am, you know, this kind of ties back into that 18-month concept and then picking one thing. We can start to get data on how, on our conversion rates by running the same offer multiple times. Very often what we see is someone will launch something, it doesn't do quote unquote well, and they just scrap it. And they're like, oh, well, it must have been the offer and I'm going to make something new. 
and then nothing doesn't do well. And they're like, oh, well, I must, it must have been the offer again, and I'm going to make something completely new. They're jumping around. The audience has no idea what the heck it is they're selling. And this person hasn't done a very good, a very, um, what's the word I want to say, um, tactical, rational debrief of their launch and sat down and said, what, why didn't this convert? Or perhaps did it actually convert exactly how it was supposed to? So as we're, you know, we're talking about expectation management, the second time you run a program, the second time you launch something, that will be typically the most difficult launch that you have. The first one will be easier because you have all of your early adopters. You go to run it again and you're like, oh, this is going to be so easy. It was going to be so great. I got, you know, 10 people last time. I'm going to get like 15 people this time. And then suddenly you get seven or you get five or maybe you even get less than that. Why? Because the early adopters are gone. So that second one, you do have to push a little bit more. And as it relates to expectation management, we can typically expect that those numbers will be a little bit lower. That's exactly what happened when I ran my intensive. The first one was a very good launch. I, my numbers went up afterwards, but the second round was definitely lower than the first round. It, it will be harder. But this, again, is the value of running things multiple times. It allows your audience to actually know what the heck this thing is. It allows you to refine this offer so that the third time that you go to launch it, now it has some success stories behind it, some success, success cases behind it. It has some results behind it. It has some reviews, some testimonials behind it. You actually really know what this thing is, what this thing can deliver, how dope it is. And I guarantee you will show up differently when you start talking about it. That first time you run something, you're like, I don't really know what I can promise because I haven't done it yet. I haven't gotten people through. So you kind of promise that you will show up 110% because that's all that you can promise. But by the third time you run this thing, the fourth or fifth time, suddenly you're like, you know what? This is the best fucking Instagram program out there. I can say this with full conviction, with my whole heart behind it. You know, I'm on round 10 of my Instagram intensive, and I know with full certainty it is the best coaching program for folks who want to learn how to use Instagram for business that is out there. I know it. I can say it. I know the transformations people get. I know the outcomes that people get. I know how they, they come in. I know how they come out. How they go out. It sounds weird. Come out. I know how they go out. I know how they leave this thing because I've run it so many times. I also have all of these testimonials. People have gone through it. So that gives me confidence in it. But also, it spreads the message. People go and tell their friends about it. They go and do the work you know, for me, with me. And it's absolutely phenomenal. So you get some data from that and then you can start to have a bit, you know, your ex your your expectations continue to be managed and you can self-manage them because you're really looking at math at this point and you're like I I see the trends here. If I do these things, I get this many people on the wait list or I get this many people signed up for this thing, it typically converts at this percentage and this is how many people, you know, end up signing up. That in mind, if I want to have more people sign up, I have to change this or I have to do something to get more people in this first part of the quote unquote funnel so that I can have more uh, more of these conversions, right? It really can become a math problem as you continue to run this thing multiple times. Uh, next part for managing expectations is if you're going to run something, and you know, you folks know I love running webinars, online workshops, things like that. I think I'm gonna probably do one in the next, you know, two months or so. I just haven't. I'm incredibly busy with legacy and and the coaching for that. But I love doing the webinars and that leveraged coaching model. So I'll probably run one shortly. If you have a suggestion or a request for one, 
go ahead and hit me up. Uh, Courtney, if you could link my webinars page from my work from my website. Uh, for those for, for those of you maybe who don't know, I have like I don't know five or six webinars for sale right now about basically anything uh, online business related, kind of the how tos of you know what is email marketing, uh, how to run and market a develop a webinar, how to create an online course, uh, how to price your shit, uh, Instagram for online business, a general course for those of you that like don't want to wait for the intensive or you just want like a little bit of an overview, and of course I have the online self based course Reels You. So that, that is all there. But if you have a, a, an idea for something, for a, a webinar you'd like, go ahead and hit me up, slide in the DMs, or text me. You already know I'm going to push the text because it's just so easy. 310-737-2345. Also works for WhatsApp for those of you that are not uh, U.S.-based. But in terms of showing up, a, the a live show-up rate for when you run something like that, you're running a, a webinar, Industry standard, less than 25%. Uh, I would love to see you shooting for about 50%. So I'm always going to give you industry standard numbers, but I want people to look to blow that shit out of the water. Like, Why would you want to be average? That, that sounds terrible to me. But because in this episode we are talking about expectation management, if you're going in and you have expectations and this is how you operate and you set these numerical goals – well then, 25% is, is a very standard show-up rate. You can change that a little bit by sometimes, you know, putting a price on it. So when something's free, free workshops and like that, free webinar, a show-up rate of 25% is not unheard of because they're, they're not really as invested. Uh, but again, I would love for you to shoot for about 50%. So the things that we just talked about there were conversion rates for... Uh, you know, general sales, conversion rates for a wait list, and conversion rate, and I'm conversion rates, but show up rate for something like a webinar. You can absolutely help these numbers and, and increase these numbers. And there's a few things that you can do. Number one is make sure that people want your shit before you sell it. I've said it in so many episodes and I will say it again because I just see it too much. People create this thing and there's no audience for it. They're there like, I'm going to convince people to want this thing. And that is not the way. This is why I'm such a proponent and advocate for that organic traffic, that organic growth, and then listening to what people are saying and then providing a paid solution for their problem and not creating this thing, this offer, until people are like, yes, I want this. Like, literally ask them if they want this thing and then create it. And then it goes back to that conversion where you have, you can ask people if they want it and they'll say yes, and it will not convert at 100%. Definitely 25% or less when people say, yes, they want this thing. It is frustrating as hell, but that is how it works. When I created Reels U, I knew I polled people and I was like, do you want this thing? And in my mind, I had a number that, so I wanted 30 people to sign up for this. And so I had a set number of people that are polled. I had asked people in my email list. And from that, I had a number from that had come out and I was like, all right, I know that around 25% of these people will actually buy this thing. So I need to have like at least a hundred people say, yes, they're interested for me to go forth and actually make this thing. Okay, so when we're looking at those numbers, 
or we're looking at creating something, remember, it will not convert at 100%. It's typically a lot lower. I know I just gave you two numbers and your folks are like, but wait, what, what is it? If it's cold traffic, if they're really, you don't, they're not that interested, they're, they're, you haven't heard from you before, we're definitely less than 5%. If it's something, if you're newer to the game, it's your first time selling something, then we're looking at around 5% conversion rate or less. It is, I get it, it's still very low. As you run things more frequently and you people, you get a, a reputation, you know, in, in the, the good sense, you have a reputation, people are interested, they know what your services are like, that bumps up. And so for me, I kind of uh, likened that that poll that I did to having a wait list where I was like, I told them all the specifics. I told them all the, the, you know, the, the price, the date, everything. Do you want this thing? So for me, being more established, I went with that number. I knew I could go with that number for about 25% because that's kind of what we're seeing for wait lists. Mine go a little bit higher depending on what the product is, but I knew it would not be 50% is what I want you to take away from this. It will be on the lower end because we're dealing with humans. So back to how we can improve these numbers, improve the show up rate, improve our conversions. Number one, make shit that people actually want. Make sure that they want it before you go and make the thing. Second piece, be your own best hype person. You have to be excited about this thing. And when when I said earlier about people not you know, they, they sell something, they have a launch, and it doesn't go quote-unquote well. And one, again, think about the numbers because sometimes you're hitting that 5%. You're hitting that less than 5%, and that's what it is. But when we're looking to debrief that launch, people tend to not be focused enough on that period before the sale. They just think about how they launched it. They don't think about the magic month, as I call it, which is typically a magic months. How What you're doing about six months before you actually sell something has a tremendous impact on how that launch goes, how you're showing up six months before, minimum, building the trust, you know, talking to people, providing value, listening to people. So during that period, that six months prior, and during that magic month that's sp directly before you go to launch this thing, are you being hype about this thing? Are you creating buzz? Are you creating excitement? Think about it when, when, when Apple drops a new phone. Like, we know what's coming. They've got billboards. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's a little bit, in my opinion, less now because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not looking for it. We don't have ads in the same way, but Think about the hype that used to be there. Or if Apple has like something that's really new, people are waiting outside of the stores. Like, you know about it. They drop things. They drop like, uh, they leak things. That's what I would say. They leak things. Don't drop things from Apple, right? Everything's fucking made of glass. It will break. But I digress, even though I have all Apple products. But there is that excitement, that buzz that they are creating. You need to do that before you go to launch and sell something. Third piece how well are you conveying the value of this thing? And this is not just saying like all of the deliverables. This is using the language of the people who you're selling to. So they understand like, oh, this thing is for me and appealing to their feelings, right? People don't really necessarily want the thing that you're selling. They want the life 
that that thing affords, right? They want the after picture. Subaru is the best at this. Like they don't like sell a car. They're selling this experience, this lifestyle. They're selling the ability to create memories. You go and watch their, their, what are they called? Uh, Commercials. People getting married on top of a mountain in the rain. I don't want that memory. That sounds terrible. But for the demographic that wants it, they are speaking their language. And people are like, yes, this company gets me. I want to be part of that team. I want to wear that jersey. So when you go to sell something, you go to solve a problem, make sure you're using the language of the people who you're selling a thing to so they actually understand, like, oh, I understand what this thing is. And you are looking to appeal to their feelings. You're looking to appeal to the person that they want to be on the other side of this offer, the life that they want to have on the other side of this offer. And then lastly, get results. You want those conversion rates to go up? Be really fucking good at what you do. At the end of the day, you know, I put this one number as number four, but it should probably be number one. Get results. I don't know anyone who isn't phenomenal at what they do, who isn't just kicking ass and thriving, or who isn't on the cusp of, you know, quote unquote, being discovered. Get results. If your stuff isn't really that good, well, all the marketing and compelling language and trying to convey value and hype, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It only takes you so far. Your shit has to be good. Get results. Those people will go and tell other people about it, but it also gives you the confidence to go and actually convey the value of this and talk about this thing again because you're like, yeah, I... I got results. It ties back into the running something multiple times because sometimes you need multiple iterations in order to get the results and, you know, yeah, to get the results. So tying back, circling back to what I said earlier, running things multiple times, not jumping around, niching down and giving something the time to actually work, but also you just got to have good shit, right? So those four things are how we can increase those Uh, The show operates, we can increase those conversions from both organic traffic, uh, cold traffic, and people that are are weightless. I don't want to call it weightless traffic, but increase the conversions of uh, folks that are on a waitlist. Next number, email. So what we're looking at for opening rates. Now, this is going to, to vary and change depending on how big or small your list is. If we're less than like 5,000, we're less than 10,000, this is a smaller list, right? Less than 5,000 is definitely a smaller list. It is still fine and you can still make lots of sales and make lots of money. But with that, we want a higher opening rate because it's just less people. They They should be more invested. They should be more dialed in and theoretically, it's a newer list, so you, you're probably speaking about the same thing. If you have a list that you've had for years and years and years, what you're talking about may have grown and shifted and changed a little bit. And so that number, there's people that are maybe still be on it, but that number, that opening rate can and will absolutely go down. So industry standard is about, again, 25%. I think it's actually a little lower than that. I don't want you to be average, especially if you're just starting out. You have a smaller list. I want you to shoot for 50% and above. This number is by no means uh, unattainable. I have plenty of people in the mafia, plenty of people in my ecosystem that are at like 70% and above for their opening rates. Yes, they have a smaller list. I don't give a fuck. That is still amazing. It is still remarkable. If you're listening to this and that's you, 
pat yourself on the back and look to keep that number higher. In terms of what we can do to keep the number higher or get that number up, well, number one, purge your list. So every, at least once, a, at least twice a year, at least twice a year, especially if you're doing a lot of launches and freebies and things, you want to get rid of any cold subscribers. Any uh, email marketing software worth its salt, I don't even really know what that means, but I just wanted to say that, but you know, any halfway decent email marketing software is going to allow you to do this. It's going to allow you to select or identify the cold subscribers, people who haven't interacted with your emails or opened your emails in a certain number of months. It will allow you to select them. It will allow you to send them an email. Or if you want to just get rid of them altogether without asking, you can do that as well. You can always remove people from a list. You can't add people to the list or you shouldn't add people to a list without asking. Uh, but you can always get rid of them. So number one way to uh, or one way to increase that opening rate is to make sure that people that you're not that you've gotten rid of the cold subscribers. Second rate, second way is again, it's kind of like the like the earlier tip I had provided, which is just make sure people want your shit. The the people that are on there, they want to be hearing from you so that you haven't tricked them to get on there. You haven't, you know, done whatever. They are there because they want to be on there. They want your stuff. You're providing value. They'll, they'll open your stuff. Okay. Last point here. I'm looking at the time. I'm wrapping this up. Last point here is I said earlier, we are in the business of trust, which is why we're giving this thing 18 months minimum of concerted effort going in a singular direction. Tying in with this idea of building trust, I, what I've seen is that from first contact to purchase is usually a minimum of 10 months for people. Given that, this is why I keep saying this is a long play, slow burn game. Just think about your own habits of how long did it take for you to buy something from some, from me maybe, uh, from, from, from Jill. How long did it take? If you really sit and you're like, you know, I first kind of, I was following them for a bit and then I started listening to the podcast or I reading the emails and then, because maybe you didn't have a problem that was being solved or maybe you didn't, the, the trust wasn't there or the timing wasn't right. There are a few reasons why people don't buy and maybe I'll do an episode on that. But for now, suffice to say that if we're looking for a concrete number, I'll give you a concrete number of 10 months. And I'm sure that many of you who have been in the game for a little bit have had this happen where you'll have someone that was like a follower for years maybe and then hasn't bought anything and suddenly buy something. I will have people that are, they'll be like, yeah, I've been following you for a few years now and, you know, I'm in the intensive now. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. I, I, I've done posts about this in the past and I'll say it again here. Do it for the lurkers, folks. Do it for the lurkers, the people that are always there, they're watching all your stuff. They might not even like it. They might not even comment, but they're there. And suddenly you'll post something or you'll write an email that just really speaks to them, really moves them. And they're like, that's me. I, I, I've been lurking and, you know, this, or I've been around and I've been reading your emails for past year and they're really helpful. And today, just this one has really hit I don't want to reach out and say thank you. Those emails are the, are the fucking best, right? I don't even really like emails because I love receiving them, but they're hard for me to respond to. And I really want people to know that I care and that I've read them. Uh, and I say this, I say, like, you know, I cannot respond to all of them. It's not possible, but it still doesn't make it any easier not responding. So 
if I'm going to put a little call to action. If this is you, if you are, you know, a lurker and you, you never really interacted with me, one, thank you for, for being there. But if the spirit moves you today, shoot me a DM and just say hi. I'm not going to sell you anything. You know, I, I'm never trying to fucking sell anything. But I do love hearing from people. So if you've been lurking, no shade, zero shade being thrown. But I'd just love to, to meet you, to have you say hi. So shoot me a DM, the movement maestro, and say, say hi. So let's recap these numbers, these stats for managing expectations. I tried to make this episode as like tangible and tactical as I could because realistically all I wanted to say was it takes as long as it takes and people will buy when they're ready. So make sure that your shit is good, that people actually want your shit and that you keep talking about your shit. But that's like not a complete episode. I mean, in my mind it is, but... I know that as a listener, that's not a complete episode. So four numbers in terms of how long is this thing going to take? 18 months, 18 months of concerted effort. We're going in a singular direction. As soon as we look to like rebrand or we're kind of pivoting or we're kind of saying, okay, actually, this is the problem I solve or this is like my niche is going to be the clock restarts. Okay. Once you've broken through the trust barrier, the, it, the clock continues. It rolls over. Uh, the odometer keeps going, but before you actually have that trust, the clock resets. 18 months minimum. If we're looking at conversion rates, if it is cold traffic, we're looking at 2%, maybe less than that. If we have a group of people in a lead magnet of some sort, they're on a webinar, they're it, you know, doing a challenge, and at the end of the challenge, you're going to sell them something. We're looking around 5%. It used to be around 8%, but things are going down. So we're, we're looking at around 5%. So think about that. Realize that when you get people into this thing, you have 20 people that go into the freebie. That's fucking awesome. But don't expect 20 people to purchase your thing. We're looking at less than 5%. As it relates to wait lists, and for some of you, that 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 webinar may be more akin to a, a wait list, but as it relates to wait lists, and this is a warm wait list, hot wait list, they want your stuff, you've been talking to them, they know the price of everything, they're excited to be on it, we can see those converting at 25%. But this, again, is something that you will be able to solidify in terms of numbers when you've run something multiple times. And you can say, like, yeah, this is what it's been converting at. If this is the very first time you're running something, these are some very loose numbers. And I would err on the side of lower when you're looking to, if you're going to forecast or have expectations of how things are going to go and how things are going to convert. As it relates to showing up live for a webinar. If it's a free webinar, especially, we're looking at 25% or less. I would love for you to shoot for about 50%, but realistically, industry standard is around 25%. I went over four things that could help you improve those numbers. Number one, make shit that people actually want and don't make it until they've told you that they want it, but understand that that list will still convert at that lower number. Number two, be your own best hype person. 
Are you, what are you doing during that magic month? What are you doing six months before you sell this thing? Are you providing value? Are you excited about this thing? Are you hyping it up? Are you bringing that Apple energy to your launch? It makes a difference. Number three, convey value by using the language of the people who you're selling to and appealing to their feelings. Remember, people don't necessarily, they don't usually want the thing that you're selling. They want what life is like on the other side of it. Like think about Subaru and those people getting married on top of the mountain in the rain. Sounds terrible, but somebody likes that. And then number four, which should probably, should probably be number one, but I left it last so that you could, this is the final thing that you hear so you remember it, getting results. I have yet to see someone whose shit is just so good and they get results. But we had knees over toes guy on this podcast. Fuck, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Courtney, if you could link that episode. But we had him on this podcast however long ago. Dude just hit 1 million followers on Instagram. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. He is living his best life. Why? Because his shit works. He's checked off all the other boxes as well. But that last part is the most important. He gets results. That is what I want. If you focus on nothing else, focus on getting results. And if you're thinking, well, I have no people, start in person then. Start with your family, your friends. Get results for them. It helps you build that confidence. They go also go and, and get, you know, you get those results. They go and tell somebody else and things will grow from there. The online space is not something where you're just like, I can create whatever and then people will buy it. That is bullshit. That Kevin Costner line of if you build it, they will come. That is absolute bullshit. You got to have the eyes first, the trust first. And then you can think about selling something. And then we actually start to see things converting. Do not build the thing before you know there is a need for it. Coming back to the numbers, email opening rates. I'm not so worried about click rates either. So if you're thinking about click rates, I'm really concerned with opening rates. Email opening rates were industry standard less than 25%. If you're below that number, I don't want you to be average. Let's get that thing up. If you have a list of less than 5,000 people, you should definitely be above that 25% conversion rate. All of you out there, I want you shooting for 50% and above, especially if you have a smaller list. Those people are invested in you. They trust you. The number should be up. We said in terms of helping that number, number one, purge your list. So go through at least twice a year, get rid of any of the cold subscribers, people that haven't been interacting with your stuff. And then number two, make sure that people actually want your shit. Have people on there that are interested in reading what you are writing. And then lastly, to wrap it up, building trust. How long is that going to take? I have seen a minimum of 10 months. This is why I want you to keep showing up. Keep showing up that concerted effort. Keep showing up and providing value. It takes time for people to actually trust what you're saying, especially with all the things that are out there. People have been burned. They just feel like they're getting sold to. Keep showing up. Let them build trust on their own time. Okay, that was a Thursday not so shorty, but I really liked this episode. If you got comments, questions, concerns, the usual, you know where to find me on the Instagram at the Movement Maestro, or my trusty little cell phone, 310-737-2345. If any of you text me, this happened last week, if any of you text me, you will see that the text will be green. And I had the person say, is this a, is this you, Maestro? Because 
I know you're all Apple all the time with their glass products breaking and shit. Uh, why is this green? So it's green because it is a sideline. It is a number, another number, an app that I use in order to manage the text and such. So that is why if you text me, it will be green. Also, if you use WhatsApp, I don't know what color that is, but that's the same phone number, okay? So questions, comments, concerns, hit me up. But I hope you found this episode helpful, especially for any of you that are, for any of you that are new to the online space or for any of you that are thinking about joining the online space. I don't say this stuff to discourage you. Uh, I just want to keep it real. At the end of the day, I really, really hope that you take the uh, advice that I dropped somewhere in this episode from Meredith Root to have expectations of effort, not outcome. Because honestly, that will get you the farthest. Okay. I think that is it. Gonna ask for one favor. If you liked it, if you loved it, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, do me a solid, please, and share this with somebody who you think it could help. My word for this year is grow. And yeah, I'm gonna ask you folks to help me. I appreciate each and every single one of you endlessly. Until next time, friends. Maestro. Maestro.